You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleach Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk about the little bit, a little bit about this game and about the team overall. All right, coming up on today's show, we talk about some of the more notable performances from the Cowboys' win over the Redskins. We talk about Dak Prescott. We talk about Anthony uh, Hitchens. And, of course, we're going to talk about Chidobe Awuzie. But before we get to that point, let's just kind of recap the game real quick. Uh, the Cowboys get a win over the Redskins 38-14, to and they improve to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, they also got some help over the weekend uh, in the wild card race with the Panthers, Falcons, and Lions all losing. So somehow with a month left in the season, the Cowboys are still in it at 6-6. Six and six. Um, They're currently two games back of the Panthers and the Seahawks, um, but they've got a game coming up with the Seahawks in a few weeks, I believe, and then they have uh, the Panthers have a tough schedule. There's a couple other teams in there like Atlanta uh, and Green Bay, I believe, is ahead of them right now, but both of those teams have incredibly tough, tough schedules as well. Um I, I mean, like we talked about last week, this Cowboys schedule coming up, it may not be as hard as what we thought it was early in the season. They've got the Giants this week who are an absolute mess. they got the Raiders the following week. Uh, I don't remember. Is that Raider game at home or is that away? I think it's in Oakland, yeah. Is it in Oakland? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's very conceivable to think that the Cowboys can get to 8-6 and six, and then we'll see what happens when Zeke gets back. So, Lena, I just have one question for you really quickly. Are the Cowboys going to the playoffs? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> Give me the answer right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, look, I mean, it's 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 been a long time since we've been in kind of this wild card race and had to, to you know figure out calculated formulas, uh, especially this far out, you know? like And rely on other teams. Yeah, that's, well, that's I mean, weird. But I mean, what's weird is that, you know, like, because we've been either kind of the front runner in the, in the division – or we've been out of it completely, right? So, right. like, this is kind of a, a weird spot where we're still in it, and we're, we still have a pretty good case. Like, it, I mean, we're not, you know, the leaders of the pack for the wild card spot, but, I mean, you know, it's not I – mean, when you look at all the teams that are involved and all all of those teams' individual schedules, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of, of uh, cannibalization going on between the, the guys in the NFC South. There's going to be a, a lot of these other teams facing uh, some more difficult teams, including you know a, an opportunity for the Cowboys to play the Seahawks themselves, who are one of their main competitors. So um, it doesn't completely leave them out of the situation where they're – I mean, they definitely need help, but they are not completely out of control of their situation. If they continue to find ways to win these games, which are reasonable, you know, like you've mentioned, I mean, I think if you just take them game by game – I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they could, um, you know, put themselves into a playoff situation. Seattle beating Philadelphia last night was the worst news of the day, but otherwise, yesterday was a really good day for the Cowboys' playoff chances. So, um, all things considered, it's it's certainly not outside the realm of possibility. I, I mean, I think honestly, it's it could be as good as fifty fifty, you know. And Absolutely. I think that I think that's I think that's pretty good odds at this point. Well, when I was playing with the New York Times interactive playoff thing, I'll, have to, I'll tweet out the link. But basically, if the Cowboys get to 10-6, and six, 
the odds of them making the playoffs are over 70%. And that's just with basically them predicting what they believe is going to happen in the game. So if the Cowboys can get to 10-6, and six, I think the odds are pretty good that they're going to make the playoffs. And, you know, listen, for a team that was 5-6, and six, you know, a week ago, I'll take those odds. And like we said, I mean, just last week, it's no fun rooting for a team that's out of the playoff hunt. It, it, it doesn't make football fun in the month of December, especially when you're a team that's probably hovering somewhere around seven to nine wins because you're not going to get a top 10 draft pick and you're you're not making a playoff. So at least these, it makes these games competitive. Um, and, you know, we have something to talk about now and the games are so meaningful. We get to see meaningful performances. So let's jump right into that. Um, I want to start with Dak Prescott. He looked off again on Thursday night. Uh, he settled down a bit in the second half. It almost was once he hurt his hand, he settled down a little bit, and that kind of reminded me a little bit of the way Brett Favre used to be, where if you once you hit Favre a couple times and he had an injury yeah. to worry about, he actually played a little bit better. So yeah, what do you see going on with Dak right now? Why doesn't he look like the same quarterback that we saw last year or earlier in this season? Well, I mean, I think that he got a you know, I think he got a case where he he wasn't trusting his protection, and I think for good reason at certain points of this you know stretch. And I think, I think as the game wore on and he and he saw what was going on, um, it got a lot better. You know, I think you noticed him staying. I, I think the issue is that he was trying to he wasn't staying in the pocket. He wasn't keeping his eyes downfield. Um, he was, you know, trying to get rid of the ball when he didn't necessarily need to. He was peeling out of the pocket uh, when, you know, he could just be stepping into the pocket and through the pocket out the front. And I think, you know, really, I think the the point where he started playing well was after he got that first first down running out of the front of the pocket and, and with his legs. Because I think, you know, right. it was one of those things where he, he was reminded that, hey, Stepping into the pocket is a good thing. Like stepping into the pocket is is not you know pain. You know that's <laughs> and I think that's where I mean I think that's where he started to trust himself a little bit more. And I think I I don't think you're, you're wrong, but I think taking a hit you know in the you know the run and that's that's I think more that is more the the, the catalyst thing than I think him specifically hurting his hand is I think him taking a hit and kind of just you know getting him into the game a little bit as opposed to kind of acting robotically I think made him feel better and, and I and I think you know as the game went on he he played you know better he threw the ball better I don't think it was still clean quite back to where he was normally but I, I think that there it isn't just coincidence to me that both the run game and ultimately you know it took a little bit longer but I think ultimately the passing game seemed to kind of get better back on track when the offensive line started playing better. Because I think ultimately, if, if you want to talk about the story of this game, you could say a lot of different things about Alfred Morris or whatever. But to me, the story of, of what happened in this game versus the previous games is that the offensive line played so much better than they had absolutely in the last few weeks. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. All right, so here's the thing with Dak. I really believe that that Falcons game shook him a little bit, and that's perfectly understandably why. I mean, he got hit a ton in that game. He got blindsided a ton. He got hit in the helmet twice in that game. It's going to probably take him a little while to shake that game from him. I'm just not sure he totally trusts his protection yet, and 
for young quarterbacks, games like that can shake your confidence. And even the Eagle game, he didn't play particularly well in because he got hit a bunch in that game. So I don't think it's rare to see a quarterback struggle because of one or two bad games in which he got hit a bunch. So I'm going to be curious to see how he plays the rest of the season, especially once he gets Zeke back. Does 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 he feel more comfortable in the pocket? We will see. But coming up still in today's show, we talk about Anthony Hitchens, a great debate that Lane and I always get into. Shadobi Awuzie's first start, and whether the Cowboys should start Kavon Frazier over Byron Jones. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. All right, I want to talk about Hitchens a little bit. Uh, again, on Thursday night, I thought he played one of his best games of his career. I think he ended up with 15 tackles, 12 solo. He was all over the field, um, and I know we've debated about this a lot, but I think Hitchens is playing his best football of his career. And I would not hesitate in the slightest to re-sign him this offseason for a few different reasons. Sean Lee is is going to be 32 years old. He can't stay healthy. We know that. They have Jalen Smith in the middle who is playing better, but I'm not sure you can rely on him to be in every down starter at middle linebacker. I don't love spending a first-round pick on linebackers because they're such a risky uh, bet. I mean... We've talked about this before, but there's a lot of linebackers that bust in the first round because it's just hard to evaluate that position. So for me, I would rather save the draft pick, spend the money on Anthony Hitchens, and then bring that same group back next year and hope that you know you can get this you can get this same Anthony Hitchens next year. What are your thoughts on re-signing Anthony Hitchens? Well, I mean, I mean, again, the crux of this, and I'm and I'm definitely have no problem playing the other side of this because I do believe it. But but to me. The crux of it is how much are we talking about to sign Anthony Hitchens? Because I'm not willing to pay, you know, like you know anything probably more than four and a half. You know, five is like, fine. That's I mean, fine. I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm willing to pay that. Like, I think to me, like, I, and I don't. And, and here's here's the other thing. I also don't believe that he's gonna not get that much. I I, I think he'll get that much and maybe more. Like. So uh, I I, I want to see if he comes back and that kind of hinges on that. If if we're talking about a more friendly deal, I might be more amenable to that. But I just don't. A I don't believe that he'll he won't get more than that. And and B like I just think that it's you know the the issue is is that I don't think I think he's great for what we have him at. But but I also think he's also not good enough. He's replaceable to me. Like I, See, think I that don't I, agree. I, I really don't. I think he's I, a. I think he's a really great rotational linebacker to have. But I just don't like. I don't want him as my starting Mike linebacker. And and if and if the idea is that he is my starting Will linebacker, I'm okay with it. But I I I don't think that he's so good at Will linebacker that I want to build my defense around him. You know. So so that's my thing is that I, that's why I might be willing to. Spend like I don't love the idea of spending a first round draft pick on him on a on a linebacker, but I also can understand doing that if you can get a guy who is, you know, a transitional like a a a, a, a you know a generational type player or a, a, like a you know pro perennial Pro Bowl type player like I, I just but I I what I don't want to do is get into like the situation where. He Hitchens is my middle linebacker at this rate, and I don't think he's any good. Or Hitchens is my will linebacker, and he's good, but like he's not really good enough to be, you know, the the, the focal point of my defense. I guess I don't look at it like 
they've got set positions necessarily. Like I, I know the Cowboys start two linebackers every week, but the fact of the matter is is that you're going to play three or four guys probably at that spot all year because linebackers get hurt. It's just what happens. I mean, you look across the league, what linebacker really stays healthy for a long period of time anymore? You almost have to have three guys that you feel really comfortable with and you can play in different roles. And luckily, I think Hitchens and Jalen Smith are totally different types of players and you can find ways to use those guys. So, you know, if if everybody's healthy, I think you can use Jalen Smith as a blitzer and, and keep Hitchens off the field on third down situations or whatever you decide to do. I, I guess I'm just not so convinced that Okay, Anthony Hitchens as a middle linebacker, I would agree he's not great, but I think he's okay. Anthony Hitchens as a will is fine, but I think you need some of those guys to help your depth. We've seen in the Cowboys, some of the problems with the Cowboys defense over the years is that they just don't have enough quality depth on their team. Now, do you pay for that depth or do you spend picks on that depth? That's kind of the, in all reality, that's really what we're talking about here, right? I, I would rather save the draft capital and use it on a different position while you would rather use the draft capital on the linebacker position, correct? But, but see, I, th- I think the difference is, is that we got Anthony Hitchens in the fourth round, and I think that they could get better linebackers than Anthony Hitchens in the fourth round. Like, I, I mean, I think you talk, you keep talking about draft capital, and you're not, you're not wrong in like trying to save draft capital. But I'm talking about, I mean, this, you know. Like I'm talking about a guy that that is either playing a starting middle linebacker, which you're right, maybe. But I, at that point, I would rather spend the money, like spend the draft pick in the fourth or fifth round, and get a guy who's a Mike linebacker. Or you're talking about your potential starter, future starter at Will linebacker, and in that case, I would rather spend the draft capital to get a guy who could really be Sean Lee level good again. You know, like I mean, like go get a second, go pick a, a high second rounder, go spend a low first rounder if you if you got a guy that you're confident if, if you. Uh, look, at, I haven't done any draft prep yet, but uh, just eyeballing college football, go get that guy from Georgia. If you can get him in the middle of the first Smith. round, like, yeah, I, yeah like, I mean, I, like, he, he looks like he could probably play a linebacker in the NFL. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, look, there's, like, you know, they Ryan Shazier, Telvin Smith, like, these are all guys that they, like, looked at and had some interest in on some levels. Uh, but, I mean, you know, tell, ultimately they decided either they didn't get him because the pick got turned in before, right before they Shaq got Thompson. the opportunity to take That's him. That's the other guy, Shaq Thompson. Or, yeah, Shaq Thompson. Like, they've, they've looked at these guys before high in the draft. So, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the, the desire is there if we're talking about a Will linebacker. But the problem is is that I like Anthony Hitchens in the role he's in, uh, but I, 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 I don't, I'm not going to get him at – that same role if I'm going to have to pay him what it's going to take to retain him. Here's the thing, too. In, in fairness to both of us, we still have four games left, and I think we'll have a better idea of what Jalen Smith is in four games and whether or not we can really rely on him. As of right now, I think he's playing significantly better in the second half of the season, correct? I mean, you would agree yeah. with that, right? No, yeah, absolutely. As, 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 ex- as expected, you know? like I mean, that's right. you would expect. Uh, of course. Yeah. And, and as I was thinking the other day, do you remember the report that came out? I think it was back in training camp that Jalen Smith, they believe that Jalen Smith's nerve was going to be 100% in about six to nine months. Do you remember that report coming out? I think it was Jane Slater that reported yeah. it. Yeah. We're getting close to that six month mark. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising that Smith is starting to play a lot better. So I, I think we'll be able to have a better idea of where their linebackers are at over the next four weeks. And, you know, we'll, we'll have an idea of what. Anthony Hitchens is going to get on the open market. So 
Interesting stuff. We'll come back to that, I'm sure, many times over the offseason. But let's pause for a second so I can tell you guys about Pro Football Focus. If you guys are interested in a Pro Football Focus subscription, uh, the best way to go ahead and get one of those is to just leave a review on our podcast. Go to iTunes, look at Locked On Cowboys, leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. You will have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, PFF uh, fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, and team and player pages featuring PFF stats. Again, all you have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. All right. I want to talk about Chidobi Awuzier. Uh, his first start of his career, I don't think could have been any better. I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, I know in the offseason and kind of early in the season, we were kind of projecting him as a guy that may be that safety. I think his home might be at cornerback. This guy looked absolutely natural. He has ball skills. He's not afraid to tackle. He can break on the ball. What did you see from Chidobi in his first career NFL start? Yeah, I mean, I think you see a guy who uh, it was challenging guys, was physical, uh, was was arriving at the same time as the ball. Um, you know, a couple of those, uh, you know, one of those times I think it was just a straight drop by the receiver. But another time, you know, another two or three times he either got his hand on the ball directly, knocked it away, um, had his hand in the middle of his uh, the, the receiver's arms at a time when he was trying to make a catch and, and was able to get the ball away, uh, kind of swinging from his hip a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the great thing about Chidobi is that he clearly has shown the ability to play both very well. I, I think even more so, you know, we talked about, you know, people have been talking about moving Byron Jones. We'll talk about that in just a second. Mm-hmm. But to me, Chidobi, and I've always kind of had this assess- assessment, is that uh, Byron Jones to me is a safety who can play cornerback, and uh, Chidobi Awuzie is a corner who, who can play safety. Um, right. I, I think that you know he can play some of that back end stuff if you need him to, and, and play the, the topper if you need him to. I think he can play down and, and, and do that stuff because he can cover well and, and he's you know very physical. But I think you know the reason that you start to see that that uh, you know a lot of these defensive backs become more versatile is because you don't you know you have some of these smaller guys on the outside now. But but the but the difference is, is that these guys are physical guys like these like you know Jordan Lewis. Uh, 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 you know, Xavier Woods, like they're they're not bigger guys, but they're but they're not afraid to stick their nose in to make tackles, to mix it up with the bigger backs and, and, and to defend the corner. Chidobia Woozy is, is a bigger guy. Like I mean, he can he's actually a, a you know a more solid outside uh, corner guy that that could handle a, especially some of the bigger receivers. Now we saw him kind of matching up a little bit with a guy like Doxon. Um, and we, you know, and I think that you know, when you think about the guys that the Cowboys have to line up uh, on the outside, you know, Jordan Lewis is fantastic, but I think he matches up better against probably some of the quicker guys because of his size. He definitely can hold up and isn't like at a huge disadvantage. But I think that you know, knowing I want to see that, him in the slot. I want to see him play the slot primarily. Well, I, mean, I think that's that's clearly where he where he is always been at his best. But but I think that you could play him outside without you know losing something. But I think. If you're going to play him against their, you know, a team's number one wide receiver, a big, uh, the number one big wide receiver, the guys, those kind of the name guys, you know, maybe starting at Alshon Jeffrey and up, talent wise, 
um, I think that you 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 have you have some reason for pause, and I think what Jadobia Woozy gives you is a guy who, if you can play him at corner, he can give you a, a more physical body, a guy who's going to challenge uh, at, at at the catch point, um, and and you know and make plays on the ball, and, and maybe maybe not get interceptions, but but definitely uh, make plays, you know, where he's making sure the denying the receiver the ball and, and denying the, the the catch point. All right, let's talk about Kavon Frazier and Byron Jones a little bit because they kind of tie into this whole conversation about where these pieces line up. Uh, in the second half of the Redskin game, the Cowboys started Kavon Frazier, and this was by far his best game of his career. Uh, he made a couple tackles uh, on the edges. He had one tackle for a loss that was pretty impressive. Of the safeties that they have on the roster, he's easily the most prototypical strong safety player that they have. However, it, my gut feeling on this one is if you play him extended snaps, he's going to get exposed in coverage. But at the same time, Byron Jones is just the opposite. When you're in passing situations, he's fine. I love him against tight ends. I love him in, you know, in zone coverage. But I don't trust him as much in the run game. So kind of trying to figure out where all these pieces are going to end up is interesting because to me it seems like they've got a bunch of guys that can play slot <laughs> they've got a bunch of corners they've got a bunch of slot corners but they really don't have they don't have a center fielder type and they're really looking for another outside corner to go with Chidobi Uzier maybe eventually it is Jordan Lewis maybe Anthony Brown figures it out so let's talk about Frazier first what did you see in Frazier's game on Thursday well, it's really just more of, of what I've seen before, except he's tackling at a higher rate, it seems like. He seems to be a little bit better in control. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's a role that he thrives in. And, and you know, this segment was kind of billed as, as you know, Byron Jones versus Kayvon Frazier. But to me, it's not, I, though. Right, yeah, it's right. not. And, and, and I think I think to me, if you're asking me if we have a guy who could play that topper position, I do. I think his name is Byron Jones. I think the problem is is that we we don't get to see him do that so much because he's down trying to play the tight ends. And 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 that that whole thing is exacerbated by the fact that a guy like Kayvon Frazier, who you would love to be the guy in the box covering tight ends or at least, you know, doing something to kind of ward them off a little bit um, or help out in a double coverage situation, I think that that's not necessarily his strength. And right. I think that I think that so what you have is kind of a, a well, you'd love to see Byron Jones's coverage skills put in Kayvon Frazier's body um, so that he could handle the more physical side, which is what Byron struggles with with, with tight ends sometimes. But also, you know, have the, I guess, the awareness and physic, you know, physical ability to, to stay with them. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So, so the issue is that now you have to mix and match these skill sets, and they don't, you know, you kind of need one skill set for one safety and the other skill set for the other. But they, the, but their body types don't fit that necessarily all the time. So it, it's kind of tough. It, it makes you wonder, like, if maybe they shouldn't play more three three safety or. Have Kayvon Frazier maybe come in and play as like a, the second linebacker in some packages, um, you know, just because you, you like this, you like what he's able to do uh, as a defender, and I think you could you could trust him as a coverage guy, especially as a you know linebacker responsibilities. But I, I think it's tough until you can trust Kayvon Frazier more in coverage. Um, you, can't. you can't really you can't <laughs> really get that 
um, that that physical side of him on the field with regularity. I th- unless you want to try to do something more like a you know a money backer or whatever they call that. But I, I, again, like I don't, he's not great at coverage there either. I think he's just like he would be similarly you know similarly skill wise as as a a linebacker probably you know just just maybe a little bit faster all right so let's talk really quickly let's try to figure this out going into 2018 in their nickel defense how would you have it setting setting up assuming that all the pieces are back next year and the cowboys don't use a draft pick where do you think everybody's best spot is at to you know get your best five on the field Man, I mean, I think. I mean, I that, can go, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first wanna, let me see what All you right. got first. Yeah. All right. Uh, my belief is that the best five would be Chidobi on the outside with Jordan Lewis. I would probably have Brown in the slot, and I still think it's Xavier Woods as my as my deep safety with Byron Jones covering my tight ends. I, I, I really think that's probably your best five. You get a lot of versatility in that group. You got a lot of guys that can play different spots. If you want to blitz and you want to have Xavier Woods come down and play the slot, you can do that. I think that five, I know you give up a little bit in the in the tackling department because you don't have an enforcer in there, but I think that with the way the NFL is going, you need five athletes on the field, and I think those are your best five. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the change that I would potentially make. I mean, we're talking about going into next year, right? Correct. Um, I, I think that the change that I would make is I would really just bank and hope on Kayvon Frazier making some improvement, and I would love to see, um, I'd love to see Byron and Kayvon, and then Xavier Woods as a slot guy, and and maybe make Anthony Brown the fourth corner because I, I think then like you've got really good depth at your cornerback position and and he got really you know good youth there too uh and i think it is in a in a situation where you're going to see more and more teams spreading out i think you're going to see value in having four really good cornerbacks uh, or not really right. good but i mean a, a, a good cb1 to cb4 depth chart i would say you know and and, and a and an arrangement of skill set between the all four of them that really all of them have experience playing inside and out. Um, I mean, Xavier Woods maybe a little bit less there, but but I think Xavier Woods gives you some versatility, obviously, in some other spots as well. Um, and then you know, with the idea that Frazier plays kind of more the down safety, and then Byron Jones plays more the back end, I I think that honestly that they may need to figure out. I think that they need to move away a little bit from the Byron Jones as the tight end eraser every game. I, I think that I think that it has value. Um, and I think that uh, he can definitely do that. And I think for a guys like Jordan Reed or uh, Evan Ingram, which, you know, Zach Hurts, the whole division. Well, well yeah, I think the whole, those, those three guys, like, I think you can find, he still has value doing that. Like, because I think they, Ertz maybe a little bit less, but Ingram and, and Reed specifically, like those are guys that I think that Byron Jones is one of the rare specimens on this planet that could probably handle covering those guys. Right. Um, but outside of that, like I don't think that they, that should be necessarily the dictation of where he should be lining up on the field because I do think it brings him down to the box too much. And I think that 
clearly the one thing that we couldn't see in in training camp is how you know how his physicality was going to affect his ability to play in the box and and it's kind of been not great results. I mean, I just don't think that he's that kind of physical player that can handle, you know, run responsibilities necessarily like you would like a strong safety too. I think he's just better as the back end guy. Um, sure. And, and, and I think that, that, that allows him to use his athleticism and explosion a lot better. So uh, I think that that's where they should, they shouldn't waste any more time with that. And they should be putting him back there more time, more often, I think. And I saw a report after the game on Thursday that the Cowboys are down on Byron Jones. He played like 75% of the snaps and they were trying different things. I, I don't believe that they're down on him. I really don't. He's a good player who maybe struggled in the last couple of games. I, I I expect him to be on the Cowboys for a long time. So I th- I think that they just you know wanted to get. I mean they need to get looks at these other guys. Kayvon Frazier yeah. has shown up a lot on special teams, Absolutely. and when he's been on the field, he's done things like what he did. And so Absolutely. I think I think mixing him in just like you mixed in JJ Wilcox, you found a way to get JJ Wilcox to get in there and make plays. And that and it ended up being like a really important role he made. He play he would come in, he would play special teams, and then he'd come in and play like what? Like fifteen to twenty five snaps mm-hmm. at safety or whatever. And when he did that, dude found the ball. He found the ball somehow. He he, he would he would he would knock a ball loose. He'd knock a, uh, someone out, whether it be Odell Beckham Jr. or whatever. Uh, he you know he'd make a play, and then you mitigate his his you know kind of. Uh, you know, it's very much like Frazier. You mitigate his out of control, you know, a tackling at times by just not having him on the field all the time, and then playing him on special teams where he excelled. And I think, I, I think that that's where they're they're trying to find a balance of snaps there. Uh, and maybe they just found that, like, hey, look, we like what Frazier's doing. We need to give Byron some so a breather at times. Uh, we and we need a physical force in there. And I think right now Frazier can play that role. I don't think that that necessarily means we need to immediately try to get him starter but reps. I think that that needs to be an off-season thing because he does still have struggles that are not in-season correctable, I think. But I think that that, that doesn't mean he doesn't have use, use and I, that doesn't mean that he can't play a, a healthy amount of snaps to try to provide a spark for this defense. All right, one last thing before we go. This whole kind of trajectory of the defensive backs – was kind of what we expected. When you get rid of four starting defensive backs in one season and replace them with a bunch of young kids, they're going to struggle in the first half of the season. And what all you were hoping for, and this is partly the reason why I was a little down on the Cowboys coming in this year, because it, it's, it takes time for these guys to, to learn the game. And now that we're in the second half of the season, you're starting to see some of the guys like Jordan Lewis and Chidobe um, and Xavier Woods start to make plays. Um, that's all we really wanted to see from this defensive back was growth over uh, the season. So, yeah, with no last... training camp, too, real quick. Just no no oh, training camp. Yeah, it's like, and, and the other thing is not just about seeing these guys develop, but, but like, we don't, we don't know how to play these guys without seeing them all together. So this has been a mm-hmm. whole season of trying to learn how to do that while trying to win games, and so finally it's kind of coming together, and that's why I think you're going to start seeing the defense really start to maybe take off not take off but i mean you get sean lee back i think you know you're getting some momentum on how they're playing i think there's there's an opportunity for us to better see football. Them play a, a lot better yeah, football in the last few weeks. yeah it, it, and it might not result in you know a better win loss record but we just want to see them playing more sound football and that's really what we've seen uh, at least last week so did we cover everything today i think we got it all right yeah i hope so yeah <laughs> we got, we, we got right. a lot in yeah that's good all right that's it for today's show 
Uh, thanks for tuning in. Come back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have some more things to argue about. Uh, we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.